on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Hello, this is Trevor Brookin, and you're listening to the West Ham Way here on Phoenix FM. Welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker and Kevin Slade from Sex, Drugs and Colton Cole, alongside serial ITK blogger, XWHU employee. Lots and lots to talk about tonight, including two horrendous performances in the last week that have seen us concede seven goals, crash out the cut and slip to 12th place in the league. It's also transfer deadline day, and if you want the most reliable information from the most reliable source over the next two hours, then you've come to the right place, because X is going to give it to you. As always, we'll be ending the show with questions from our collective followers on social media, and hopefully, come 11 o'clock, we'll all be happy hammers. Pellegrini was quoted as saying that he was ashamed of his players after the Wimbledon game and from a fan's perspective I think you can add embarrassed and infuriated to that statement uh, we were there and it was a bad bad night for West Ham wasn't it yeah it was terrible mate I mean look all, all you have to do is look at any of our players you know obviously Anderson's the obvious example but he's worth more than their whole club you know we paid what was it 30 um, 42 million. 40, 40 million for him whatever it is yeah, I'm losing tra- transfer fees today 40 odd million for him you know, that's worth more than them their ground all their players put together and, and you know and we just put an absolutely dire performance in I mean Adrian was poor Ogbonna was terrible Obiang was useless Carol was and Andes, you know, you just go through the whole team, and it's actually better to try and pick out someone that actually turned in a performance. And even then, that's hard. It was just you should. We always lose to lower league teams. It is kind of the West Ham way, but there just was such a lack of fight from us as well, which is what was more alarming than them nicking a goal and holding on. It just so such an all-round poor performance. Mm, that is the really frustrating thing. And how many times have we said it so far this season on the podcast, where it's just lack of effort, and that lack of effort just breeds a lack of quality um, individual performances I think X picked up a lot of them Kev but the obvious culprits did X miss anyone there I don't think he did Masuaku yeah, yeah he came under a lot of stick actually against mm. Wimbledon didn't he oh, I don't know where to start of all this I mean, I mean don't you have a degree of sympathy for Masuaku and Antonio when they're not natural I defenders I do particularly Antonio but we signed Masuaku as a left back. We did. Although he says he's not a left back. And we, I don't think he is. No, no, we know he's not a left back. Because mm. obviously when he first started coming into the fold at West Ham, we were watching him. Mm. Um, and we said, he's more of a winger. Yeah. You know, he's great on the ball. He's got great footwork. Uh, you know, he can beat a man. But it's just so infuriating to... Like you say, it's just a lack of effort, lack of fight, lack of desire, lack of intensity. I mean, I don't know if they went into the game thinking it's only bottom of the league league one um, uh, Wimbledon or whether they just couldn't be bothered but the, the problem we've got at the moment is we've got so many players that don't want to be there mm. and this is the predicament we're in at the minute obviously because we're riddled with injuries we've got to play them and they're just not pulling their weight mm. and I just want to go in that dressing room and grab them by the scruff of the neck and say you're earning 140 grand a, a week mm. you know do your job that's what you get paid to do do your job if you want to go go in the summer mm. don't sulk don't throw your arms up in here don't stroll around the pitch like your dirty big Charlie Big Potatoes, 
you know get on with your job it's funny what you said about Maserato actually because someone on Twitter sent me an Instagram um, conversation they'd had with him after uh, the Wolves game I think it was where they'd actually you know they'd laid into him and he'd actually opened up a conversation in in private messages and the fella like you know was slating him and then he said something like you know you can't defend or something and Maserato actually turned around I've got the responses on my phone actually and he turned around and he said something like um, I was never allowed left back in the whole of my career the only time I played left back was in Greece and I played for one of the best teams in Greece so we always had the ball so my defensive um, skills were never really tested because we were the best team and we attacked most of the time and he and he said I am not a defender he said that in these messages and it's definitely him um, so it's come from the horse's mouth so mm. to speak mm. what, what we've been saying and, and I think that's my point I've always had that degree of sympathy for, for Masuaku and Antonio because they are very attacking minded and even though we signed him as a left back every man and his dog can say that he's not. Mm. But one man who can't get away with it is Ogbonna. I mean, I was watching him against Wimbledon with my jaw hitting the ground. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, this is a one-time Italian international and arguably one of our best players in the last season of the Bolin. I mean, where has that Ogbonna gone? I mean, he's come under fire now for probably the best part of 18 months. I don't think he's been the same player for two years, actually, at West Ham. And he just seems like a completely different player. And, and there were League One players making him look like a conference player. Mm. I just don't think he was up for it. Like, where we were standing in the first half, you know, we were like in line with the penalty box so we could see I couldn't see much being the size that I am and being in a standing you had to sit on my shoulders I at did, one point yeah it was kind of you to let me do that basically what I could see most of the first half was the defending which was pretty much where the action was was us defending the goal and Ogbonna just didn't look bothered the first few times he mucked up he almost looked like he was smiling about it he just didn't seem to care and that's the sad thing about having all these players that come in from abroad and on big money they just don't have that like affiliation and romance with the FA Cup like you know we grew up when we were kids and that you know they probably think oh, I don't want to play at this um run down stadium against a Mickey Mouse team and that's and the beauty of it though yeah I know yeah, it yeah. should be but for someone that doesn't appreciate the value of the FA Cup they probably think oh, I'd much rather be playing at Anfield or Old Trafford or whatever and that's the sad reality unfortunately the trouble is with Bonner coming back into the side as well is it's affected uh, the Ops game oh yeah definitely because he's, mm. he's switched sides now as well Diop, and I think he looks a lot weaker on the on the left hand side where he was on the right hand side mm. or was it vice versa he has gone vice to the left because Ogbonna's left foot no 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 so yeah you're right sorry yeah. I got that wrong but yeah. he, even he looks a lot weaker yeah and he's definitely strong with Balbuena oh, yeah it just goes to show how much we're missing Balbuena now because to be honest when he got injured I thought Ogbonna can do a job so I wasn't as panicked as what I usually would be mm. but um, yeah absolutely diabolical in this window I would have gone for a centre back we're one injury away from having... I know, I, that's the baffling thing, isn't it? I mean, we've, we've loaned out Oxford now, um, so on, realistically, the only centre-back we cover we have now is Rice, really, and that you could move back there, and he's by far our best midfielder. Mm. So, like, you know, we are in a really sticky situation. And, and Ogbonna has been known to get injuries in the past. If he does get an injury, I mean, Balbuena is about four weeks away, we are in big trouble if he, if one of them gets injured. You know, there's no one in the academy really that seems 
um, established enough to be able to step into the first team unless you play Zabaleta there but then he's too probably too short and too old really to play centre-back now I think it's a real worry the centre-back position no? see, see I think in, in a strange way the players have created a, a rod for their own backs by producing some outstanding performances this season and, and claiming some really big scalps because it's made us fans see that they are as quality as, as we believe that they are mm. and and with that grows an expectation level. And I think that proves that they are as good as we think they are. So if they turn up and they want it and they're hungry enough, and both of which goes hand in hand, we can beat anyone. We've proved it. We've proved it on quite a few occasions so far this season. Mm. And it's led me to organically start to come to a bit of a theory with West Ham players about this because I've been racking my brain why, almost weekly on a podcast at the moment we, we find ourselves saying it's a lack of effort it's a lack of desire they've got the quality but they haven't got the art and, and I'm just wondering if there's too many players at West Ham that see West Ham as a touch and, and what I mean by that is for example and, and by the way I'm not saying Anderson is one of the players I'm about to talk about but he's, he's just an example right would Anderson come to West Ham for less than 150 grand, but would he have gone to Man United for 80 grand? Yeah. And and I just think with the sort of money that we're chucking at players, which I believe our wage bill is in the region of 107 million pound a year, which I don't know how that compares with other teams in the Premier League, but that sounds massive to me. That's without Pellegrini's wages, mm. which are also massive. So collectively, it's about 115 million pound with Pellegrini and his staff that we're paying off the Richter scale. And I just wonder, and I look at it, I think we're signing players on on big money and they're coming to West Ham, understandably they've got no loyalty or sort of deep-rooted love for the club because they're not from East London, you know, haven't grown up, etc, etc. I get that and I don't expect them to. But I just wonder, in terms of their own expectations and own ambition levels when they come to West Ham, because what is there to truly fight for when they leave a well-established club like a Lazio in Serie A who might be challenging for a Champions League club, for example? So, you know, if they come to West Ham, they're not going to be fighting relegation. There's no incentive there. They're not going to break the Champions League. There's no, there's no incentive there. So is there enough of an incentive for these players to just chase that seventh spot? It'd be great for the fans, but how much does it truly mean to the players? Because uh, I'm really rattling my brains to find out why these players are not caring enough too consistently and yet when they do they deliver results I think the trouble is is where we're signing players that are available that have got a big name if that makes sense on a huge wage i.e. Hernandez is one of them no one else wanted him he was available he's a big name he was never going to fit into our side the way we set up and he's, he's, he's the prime example of it he just doesn't you know, I'm a big fan of Hernandez, as you know, but after watching him against um, uh, Wolves the other night, I just thought, do you know what? You've got to go, mate. Like, honestly. He, he doesn't want to be here, that's clear. None of them uh, do. No, you're right. Three, three of the four strikers we've got don't want to play for us. Yeah. Mm. And the one that does want to play for us is... Always contract is up in six months and always injured and never does play exactly. for us um, so I, uh, exactly the free forwards don't want to play for us um, and th like Dave said you know you're right Anderson probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the money you know he'd probably be uh, stay at Lazio because I guess I, the, or, I'm not sure about Anderson because it's going to pay me to say this. I think he's using us as a stepping stone. I thought that when we signed. Yeah, that's him. what I'm saying. I'm saying he's using that's us as a stepping here. stone to get into the Premier League. He'll probably end up at somewhere like Liverpool or somewhere like that in a couple of years' time. Because mm. he's got the quality to play for someone like that. He yeah. really has. 
I mean, it is it is rather depressing to think of it like that. I mean, we we have been going through some bad results. I, I think hopefully it will turn again, like it has in the past. You know, the West Ham way, you lose to Wimbledon and beat Liverpool. Who, who knows? But the, it, it is just frustrating to go out of the cup again. And when you look at the next next round's draw, and you see that Chelsea have got. Um, Man United is it? Yeah, Chelsea have got Man United, and then I think there's only one other team. Is it Tottenham have gone? No, they've gone. Tottenham have gone. Arsenal yeah. have gone. Yeah, um, Man, Man City. City. So mm. it's Man City. Yeah, mm. um, and realistically, you think about that. So Liverpool, uh, sorry, Man United or Chelsea going to be out next round? Then you're really only left with Man City. That would have been mm. you think, oh gosh, I don't want them. Yeah, so if you if like... you'd have managed to yeah if you'd have managed to avoid them to the final, then anything could have happened. Mm. And you just think, what a wasted opportunity that was again for West Ham to win. I think those two words have been the definition of our season so far wasted opportunities I really do we've had games that we shouldn't have won but did and you think brilliant we're gathering momentum now and we can take it into the next game and then you go into games you expect to win the players don't turn up as we've discussed and we lose just wasted opportunities we should be sitting comfortably in seventh by now and we're not and going back to what I was saying about you know my theory with, with players caring enough and wanting enough I think there are unquestionably players at the club that do care and want it enough you know you've got Snoddy you've got Declan you've got Noble Fabianski's been consistently fantastic I mean I, I think it's um, I, th I think he would probably get the nod for me hammer of the year so far uh, Declan would be close um, and, and Philippe has, has, has done well more often than not but you know we have got that problem and it is a glaring issue where you have got players that don't want to be at the club but they're in a bit of a catch-22 because let's take Andy Carroll as one example right now it's I believe it's looking very unlikely we'll give him a new deal in the summer I can't see why the club would do that on 90 grand a week and, and I'd be surprised if we did that we wouldn't offer something like 30, 40 grand and then appearance money if he plays. And I'd be even more surprised if Andy would take that. So in the back of his mind, he's probably thinking, well, I'm off anyway. So it backs your theory up, Kev Annex, where what have I got to play for? Don't really care anymore, I'm off anyway. And I don't want to get injured playing and trying my best because that could hinder a move. But then on the flip side, he hasn't sort of basked in the glory of numerous fantastic performances this season. So at the same time, these players have also got to play very well to put themselves in the shop window. I mean, I don't think any—I don't think anyone of any stature would sign any Carroll right now, unless, like you say, they can get him on a pay-as-you-play deal and they take that as a gamble, maybe to come off off the bench. But realistically, no top six teams going to sign him. No one like I would doubt someone like Leicester or Everton or Wolves or someone like that would be looking at him. So he is going to be struggling for options. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going to America or somewhere like that, where mm. he can, or even China dare I say it but uh, you know where he can get a bit of uh, money and, and stuff and, and we could be left with having to buy four new forwards um, in the summer you know and because I think Anatovic will go you know he's got a release clause now um, where he can go and so all it takes is a Chinese club to put that offer in if they will put it in and he'll be gone so yeah we could be realistically looking at four, four new forwards and Pellegrini has made it very clear he doesn't rate Perez you know he's made that clear I'm not saying if it revelational. Perez has been told. That's why he was touted around for a loan move for the last two or three days. That's why he didn't make the squad 
against Bournemouth because he hadn't been trained that well. They think he's just a pure poacher, um, but then you've got a pure poacher in Hernandez, who's arguably a better one, so he's not rated. And Altovich, who knows what's going on with him. Carroll, as you say, never fit. Does he want to be there? Shot and then, confidence as well, Carol. Yeah, and then... Um, Sanchez has got to go off the wage bill as well. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I yeah. mean... What a waste of money. Well, exactly. I mean, Will, I mean Wilshere. I, do you know, I genuinely forget we have him sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, someone asked me to do a comprehensive injury list update, and you do. You forget yeah. who's on it. You know, yeah. Winston Reid hasn't played for a year, pretty mm. much, you know? Mm. So we're saying we haven't got a centre-back, but if he actually came back fit which I doubt he will, but if he did, we have got a sense back there. Winston Reed's never going to be as good as he used to be. Wilshire's never going to be as good as he used to be. Lanzini, who knows? Yarmolenko. There's loads of them, like, you know. Mm. It's just a strange situation. I mean, the plus point is we, we have got these players to come back. I mean, there's, there's a question mark over whether we'll ever see Winnie again, whether we'll ever see Wilshire again, but getting Lanzini and Yarmolenko back are going to be like two new signings for West Ham. I really believe Particularly that. Particularly Lanzini as well. Yeah, if he consistently ups his game, which he's going to have to do when he comes back, without a doubt. But, yeah, I mean, I found myself doing a bit of a climb down, actually, for something I said probably on the podcast before the Wimbledon game, because I think one discussion point we had was, do we... Um, do we field our strongest side or use this as an opportunity to field younger players or, or fringe players? And I think my answer at the time was to, to maybe, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to put out a side that can win, not necessarily your best side. <coughs> I've, I've changed my mind on that completely because these banana skins are all over the place in the FA Cup. Giant killings do happen. They happen all the time to West Ham and they happened again to League One opposition last Saturday. Mm. So I now genuinely am of the mindset that no matter who you play, just go out and play your best team. Mm -hmm. Because it's the only chance you're ever going to win a silverware, so why not protect yourself to the best you possibly can mm -hmm. and, and put out your best side? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, unless unless there is someone literally, literally ripping up trees on the training ground and he's screaming at Pellegrini and to say, give me a go. I think especially w the case, what, to back up what you've said, when you're in the situation that West Ham are in, where we're hopefully not going to be in a relegation battle, mm. we're not, maybe we get seventh, I don't know, but the FA Cup would have been the most important thing this season. So you should put your strongest team out for the most important games, yeah. which would have been the FA Cup. Especially at this stage mm. as yeah, well. exactly. And I mean, I think the clear thing, another thing for me in that game was the difference between Adrian and Fabianski. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah. I really don't think Fabianski would have conceded at least two of those goals, probably the first one and possibly the, the fourth one. one, yeah. I don't think he would have conceded those goals. And it was just really, really poor keeping again. Um, and, and it's just a shame because, like you said, Bonner against... <coughs> Wimbledon, Obiang against them, Maseraku, they should be better than them. So why are they not? You know, it's just a psychological thing, possibly. But also, someone sent me an interesting email where and listed both the League Cup and the FA Cup and the opponents we'd been knocked out by over the years. And the majority of the times we've been knocked out have been lower, lower teams. So... And, you know, that's all a completely different squad. You know, you look at West Ham's squad now compared to when we played, I don't know, and when we got knocked out by Wrexham, for example, it's a completely different team. A com different ground, a different manager. So why is it always West Ham that this happens? Do you know what, funnily enough, I was texting uh, Ben, uh, I think it was really? last night or the night before. Yeah, Ben, West Ham way, Ben. Oh, right, ben yeah, yeah, Ben Cooper, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were talking about the, the FA Cup game and I was saying to him, I remember going to Grimsby in 1996 and we got beaten 3-0 yeah. to Grimsby. Then the season after that, we got knocked out to Wrexham. 
Yeah. You know, and do you know when all the memories start coming back? It's yeah. like, bloody hell, like, we've, we've been knocked out by a load of, you know, like you said, you know, the low league, low league clubs. Yeah. Mm. But, but, it's but just the fr- a curse of West Ham. It is, but the, the frustrating thing is, and we've said this so many times on the show as well, you know, don't get me wrong, there will always be giant killings. We're not always going to get to the FA Cup final if we field our best team for the rest of existence. But those days we're talking about now should be gone. Because I think, I think we almost had the opposite problem back then. The players were trying, but they, they were just maybe overwhelmed by an away day occasion under the lights in bad conditions with the home fans getting behind them, the home team treating it like a cup final. Uh, and, and we always kind of succumbed to that. And maybe we didn't have the quality. Well, I think we definitely didn't have the quality that we, we have now, I believe. You know, maybe one or two isolated seasons. But those days, in theory, should be gone. If we're putting out our best team, and I'm including the League Cup in this as well, you know, because I'd love to win that. Um, you know, I would rather finish 14th, 15th every single season and have a lacklustre Premier League campaign, mm. but have a right crack and get to a semi-final or a final and strive to get to a semi-final final every season. Uh, you know, with law of averages, seeing that we win one of them. I've been thinking about this. Do you, do you think, I can't get my head around it really. I Personally, I think, this is what I think, I don't know if you two agree or not, but I think that Pellegrini is so scared of players getting injured against Wimbledon. That's why I reckon he... That's what I think, personally. There's no other explanation for it. Yeah, but again, it comes down to... Again, it comes down to respecting the competition because let's say, you know, Pellegrini rests players like he he did. He rested certain players. But for for what? To, To go to one in, you know, one fixture in 38 in a Premier League season, you've rested certain players to go and lose 3-0 away. You're not getting any benefit from resting players in that cup competition. So what is, what is the point? What is the point? And, 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 you know, you could also argue that losing at Wimbledon was humiliating. It might have had a, a psychological impact on the squad. And, you know, there are other things that are impacting the squad, and we'll come to that in a minute, no doubt. But, yeah, I, I, it, to me, it just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever why anyone wouldn't take either competition seriously, with the exception, maybe, of a top two, top three club that had the Champions League as a substitute for the League Cup, maybe. Mm. They should still take the FA Cup seriously, but the League Cup, give your kids a run out with that because you've got the luxury of doing that. But we're staying. We ain't going to play in the Champions Leagues for, for Christ knows how long. And we ain't going to go down, I don't believe. You know, I, I think that hopefully, touch wood, those days are gone. And I think we'd do very well to break the top five, to be quite honest with you, in, in the next year or so. But definitely top seven is what we're striving for. But, you know, I think unless you get a little bit of luck along the way with fair play or whatever, does seventh even guarantee you a European spot? It or depends on... The, 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 the qualifiers, maybe? No, what, what it does is it depends cup, whether yeah. the teams above you win the league or the FA Cup, and then it goes down a certain amount of places. So for the League Cup, I think, the, um, what's the final? Man City versus... Chelsea, yeah, it is Man City mm. versus Chelsea. Chelsea beat Tottenham. So that frees United. up a space. So that knocks one space down because one of them will be above West Ham or be above seventh. And then the FA Cup, what we want to happen really is Man City or Chelsea or Manchester United to win that. And then it goes down another position. So I think then when that happens, you can finish seventh. Yeah, but you know what's really ironic about this, this whole discussion, right? Let's say we make seventh and we make the qualifying rounds of the Intertoto Cup or the Europa League or whatever it is these days, we don't even take that seriously. No. We've been no. knocked out of that twice to the same moody outfit. Yeah, so, you know, you know, so what are we playing for here? If we're not taking the FA Cup seriously and we're not taking the League Cup seriously and if we reach the golden mile of the Europa League, 
and we don't take that seriously. What, what, what are we doing? What, why are we taking the fans' money every week? It do, doesn't make sense. So who's going to remember in 10 years' time the season we finished 8th or 9th? No do you one. Know what? Do you know what? I think, I think if we qualify for Europe under Pellegrini, I, I think he will take that seriously. I think it was just Slavin Bilic, to be honest, because the last time we qualified uh, for the Europa League, we signed a load of players for Europe. And he didn't really use them for Europe, did he? So he bought a load of they bought a load of crap to go underneath the team that was there from the last season at the Bowling. That's why that didn't work. I, do, I, I personally think Pellegrini would take that seriously, a hundred percent. Yeah, um, I, I hope so. But then again, you know, people from from other clubs and other fans, they you know, it's well renowned as a poison chalice that competition. You got to play on a Thursday I'd love night to be in that. Well, so I'd, would I. But but that. if we're so hell bent on making the Premier League um, a priority then why would we jeopardise that with what's branded as a poison chalice competition? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, the, yeah, the, the way the football world is now is really sad. In a way that, like you say, the teams don't take the FA Cup or the League Cup seriously. The FA Cup is just, I'm not even interested now that West Ham are out, whereas in the past, I would have watched it no matter what. The Europa League... <laughs> As much as I'd love West Ham to be in it and see us play, you know, a top Italian, Spanish, German team, whatever, it does kind of almost feel a bit of an effort still, even though I'd love European football. And you've got to question, why does football feel like this? Is it the money in the Premier League is too much now? Is the Champions League got too much money in it? But but West Ham are never going to challenge for the Premier League or the, or the um, Champions League, so we should take it seriously. But they just... They don't, do they? No, and it's not just West Ham. Most teams don't take mm. these cups seriously. So the, the FA or the UEFA or whoever it is that's in charge of it really need to have a think about this and they really need to think how can we improve these competitions so that teams do take it seriously. No, it, it actually wouldn't surprise me if, if they scrapped those two cups. Well, I think they're the actually talking about well, the Europa League. Yeah, UEFA, they're going to do a third tier. They're going to do a third one, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right. I think they're thinking about yeah, changing it, it somehow, yeah. yeah. And so that's happening. I, I mean, I don't know how it would work, but if the FA Cup had... I don't think you can do this, but if an FA Cup, let's just say, had a Champions League spot at the end of it, that would make it more appealing for clubs, maybe. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I don't think playing semi-finals at Wembley helps either competition. It doesn't. It, it takes no, the magic out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I don't think the kickoff times of like seven forty-five on a Saturday, five thirty on a Saturday, five thirty yeah. on a Sunday. Even even the quality of the TV coverage, mm. you know, in comparison to what it used to be in the seventies and eighties when you used to you watch it. Christ Almighty! I'm sure yeah. you used to watch it about. Four hours before yeah. the kickoff, Every, everything about it. I think you know they've killed it. Money's killed it. That you know the corporate commercial elements of football has killed football in general, not just the FA Cup. And it is very, very sad. And, and talking of talking of very, very sad. I mean, now it takes us to the Wolves game, and you were there, Kev. Um, luckily, we weren't. You were, you were there, freezing your nuts off. Um, it, I mean, it's it's been billed as one of the worst performances a lot of people have seen at West Ham. I think you're one of them, Kev. And, um, you know, it follows a similar statement not too long ago. I think Burnley and even Wimbledon, I think, could be up there. So we're really churning out some depressing performances at the moment. And Kev, you're probably best placed to, to, yeah. to tell us just how bad that performance was. Well, I was at Burnley as well. And uh, that was diabolical. But I'll tell you something there. Uh, Tuesday against Wolves, that is the worst I've seen us play in years. I'm not talking about this season or last, I'm talking about years. We were so bad all over the pitch. Um, 
It Turn is, into a horse thing, Kev. Uh, <laughs> ain't that bad, is it? He's <laughs> <laughs> just sitting up being turned. He's got under his seat. <laughs> I'm just more envious of his dick, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you're not allowed to swear. That's not a dick. Dick's not a swear, but is it? It is, surely. Oh, right. Put your dick away now, Kev. You wouldn't just suddenly This dick gets kicking off about it. <laughs> trying to make the most of a bad situation. Yeah. It's, it's, called a, it's called a penis. For live radio, penis. A horse's penis. Yeah. Um, Otherwise known as a dick. <laughs> I'll shut up, you yeah. dick. Go on, go on, Kev. Paul's at home. Uh, yeah. He's dick. <laughs> You'd have to find that first. <laughs> oh, go on, Kev. All the gawping. Who'd have thought there was such a section on the dicks? <laughs> this week, yeah. horses. Well, I was going to say cock then. <laughs> Give yourself an even more trouble, wasn't I? This is getting even worse. <laughs> Will you two stop? This, this could be the last ever West Ham Way radio show. One way to go yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, go on, mate, go on. Should we see if we could do 99 words for... <laughs> yeah. There's a song on YouTube, 99 words for boobs. And you know the song, 99 red balloons, search it. Everyone do it at home for a bit of light-hearted entertainment. Type in YouTube, 99 words for boobs. It's actually quite funny. Anyway, Kevin, right. what are you saying? The question is, how did you find that? Um, searching boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell you, that geezer that made that's got a lot of time on his hands. There's some good words in there. Anyway, sorry. Probably never yeah. seen a pair in real life, either, I'd imagine. Um, right, go on, Kev. I'm going to bring our channels down now, mate, and you can uh, have your say on the walls going. Oh, we've got... Um, we can't bring your channels down. You've got to get involved. Um... Well, just sorry, Kev, just quickly. And one thing that we, we should have said at the very beginning of the show, X, if, I know you've got your section coming up, but if at any point there's any breaking news or any information of interest, then everything stops dead and, and we listen to you. Because mm. uh, see you looking at your phone. Is that something to be excited about or not? <laughs> no, we've just been told off by the producer in big capital letters. <laughs> um, so, you too, have you? Well, well, I think Go we should have uh, apologised to all listeners that um, oh. for our use of poor language. Yeah. Um, in the last show, um, we... Say sorry to oh, him on behalf of XWH employee. Uh, he's very, very sorry. <laughs> and it was, it was an accident, so apologies to everyone. I didn't, out there. Uh, jokes aside, I didn't realize that was a swear word. I mean, what's wrong with that? But it is, it is a swear word. I thought it'd be a slang word. But if you say word. the DH word, you wouldn't go out to someone in the street and go, Hello, mate, you DH. Oh, I'll, have to do some, I'll have to do some research on the Ofcom uh, rules and regulations. <laughs> oh, there. Mate, I'm telling you 100% that is a swear word. Apologies, Daniel, in all seriousness. God, this is tailed off massively. Um, that's not horse joke either. I wasn't making use of a pun there. Um, right, come on, Kev. Let's talk about wolves. From horses to wolves. Oh, let's do I go. have to? <laughs> First of all, I want to say, um, you know, just well done to every single travelling supporter that went there because obviously I was there as well and it was, it was absolutely just disastrous from the word go. I think what still leaves a bit of taste in my mouth is um, just watching it out of it. Just warm up. Just being so cocky and Oh, my blood's boiling just talking about him now. I mean, I know everyone's saying, you know, ignore it, get behind the team, do this, do that. But at the end of the day, that guy, he's, he's older to ransom and he took the absolute Michael mm. out of us. He really, mm. really has. And like I said to you two, when the team was warming up, they were running up and down the pitch, he'd just give it some little stupid stroll over to the supporters and give this little weak, feeble clap, you know, start pumping his it's chest. It's just the arrogance, And I it? thought, do you know what? Mm. I thought, I loved it when you wanted to play for us. But I actually can't stand you now. And he didn't mm. do anything all game. And do you know what? Although 
individually, everyone else on that pitch was woeful. I definitely think that had something to do with it, him mm. being there. Him well, I, mean, well I think Zabaleta's has come out and I'm said that it's, you now, you know, 100%. other things have affected the atmosphere. He's got to be talking about Marco, hasn't he? Well, he's, he's definitely talking about Marco, and I think Pellegrini's also said it and someone else. Look, I've taken so much stick on Twitter for saying that it's affected the players because, yes, people have got a point. They're professional. They should be able to ignore what's going on, but they are also human beings, and you, you have to understand if you're star player is walking around you know making a strop saying he wants to leave saying he deserves more money saying he's not going to maybe play on that game or he is going to play but he's not in the right frame of mind whatever Don't story you want to, to believe that aren't in the club and all yeah, exactly. his brother's not in the club well, exactly and then doing videos like that it is going to affect them and look I, I'm not going to sit here saying I'm best friends with people in the club but people in the club have told me it affects them and you know you've yes they should be able to almost switch it off but it's any workplace any workplace yes you try you spend most of your time isn't it? exactly yes you try and re remain professional but if your colleague your best colleague was there saying I want to leave I'm fed up with this I need more money I want to go here I don't want to do this it would affect you you go oh, ignore him carry on and even more so in a sports team and I, I, I know people love Anatovic I know people love to say he's our swear word he's our he's our man he's our nasty person yeah, yeah he's our nasty person but the situation hasn't been held with him yes we lost to Wimbledon because we were terrible yes we lost to Wolves because we were terrible it's not all him it definitely isn't all him but it hasn't had an it has had an offence and do you know something else that I find really really odd the, the West Ham team and I've questioned this wasn't named to the players to about so kickoff was what 7.45 I think the players and the staff and stuff found out the team at about half five right now why have they left it so late? Now, this, the reason I was given was because obviously they played Wimbledon. They wanted to see if everyone recovered, etc., etc. But how do you set up your tactics? Like who you're going to mark, who you're going to defend against, who you're going to do this with, with like 45, well, an hour and 45 minutes notice. So, but two of the goals against Wolves were set plays, weren't they? If I remember correctly, mm, across yeah. from a free kick yeah. in a corner. Now, a free header as well. Yeah, a free yeah. header. And and I just can't help but think if the players have found out just before kickoff who they're marking, who they're picking up, then they haven't been briefed enough about what they should be doing. I would have known, I would, if I was the manager, I would have said straight after Wimbledon, right, this is the team and this is how it's set up. Rice, you're marking him. Ogbonna, you're marking him. When you go up for a corner, you're standing here, you're standing there. But it would have, it, that can't have happened, which I found very, very bizarre. I think, I think 3-0 was flattering for us. It should have been a lot, lot more. And i tell you something now, Fabianski papers over a lot of cracks at the moment at West Ham. Because I think they did score and it was offside actually. So it could have been 4-0. And then they hit the bar. And then, you know, they missed a, a wide open goal. Like It should have been about 5 or 6-0. But the, but the trouble is, it's like, oh God, my blood's boiling just talking about it. Like, watching Mazuaku, he can't defend. We spoke about him earlier. He's not a defender. He kept on losing his man. So the right-hand side was completely wide open, which obviously offered them in, you know, attacking everything else. Snodgrass, he had a terrible game. He wasn't really helping his man out. Anderson, he was nowhere to be seen. Dare I say it, I love him. Declan Rice, he didn't have a very good game. All of them, every single one of them, are absolutely terrible on I'll Tuesday. I'll tell you one thing. And they, that deserve every bit of, they deserve every bit of stick that they get. 
Yeah, and try to see the positive in everything when it comes to West Ham and their team. But I tell you something, they were diabolical. Yeah, and it's every happened, single one of them. It's happened far too often. And do you know what? I don't. I don't think I've, I've found myself saying a bad word against Pellegrini since he's got the job. To be honest with you, but one thing that surprised me about him was I think it was so obvious to see just how much we were being overrun in midfield. Yeah, he, he he persisted with two in midfield despite being completely dominated in that area. And I was quite surprised that his in-game management which I'm assuming would be at the highest level looking at his history. If it was me, I, I would have pulled Snoddy in the centre with the two other central I midfielders. Mm, and I'd have yeah. put Antonio on the right wing, Anderson on the left, and Arnie up front exactly. by himself. I 100% agree with you because I think the real, the real problem we had against Wolves was that we were overrunning midfield by their midfielders because they had three and we had two central midfielders. So mm. either, you're, you're going to be outnumbered. I would have done exactly that. And when I when I heard the team, um, I, that's what I thought he had done. So when it then turned out that Antonio was up front with um, an out of edge, I was baffled because it clearly was the game to have three central midfielders in mm. and I think Declan Rice I think Fabianski was the best player and I think Declan Rice was second best but I think Declan Rice in that game there was completely overrun because by the fact they had more players in midfield and also that he just got such poor performances around him you know when Obiang came on he offered absolutely nothing Noble offered nothing you know the defence don't need constant protection and he's just going to play badly um, in terms of transfer news I mean it's not He's kind of breaking, but there is a player that has just gone, and it is a, it is. I don't want to say too much because it's not been confirmed yet. But a player is going to another club on loan. He's moved, he's on the way to that club now to do to sign the paperwork. It's not a major transfer, but it's great for the person that is involved. And once it's been confirmed, then I will say on this show because it should be confirmed soon. Mm. I mean, I mean to get back on to to Marco Anatovic. I mean after the Wimbledon game. I mean, why on earth, why on earth would the club release that statement about him signing a contract in inverted commas, along with the, the, the video of him staying the night we go out to Wimbledon in a game that he could have been playing in, but once again probably chose not to because his head weren't right. I found that absolutely incredible. And then next to that, I watched the video of him sitting there and then him saying, hi guys, I'm back. And it's like you said, Kev, you know, uh, back back from where? You know, you shouldn't be coming back from anywhere. You're a contracted player to West Ham mm. who's paid a lot of money to not come back from anywhere. And then he says, and again, like you said, Kev, he says, don't listen to anyone outside of the club other than, you know, me and me and West Ham. But his brother's nothing to do with the football club. And, and he's sanctioning him saying what he wants to who he wants. I find that incredible. And then he I, says he's going to commit himself and he can't wait to play in front of you guys. And, and, and what I find baffling about that is the club didn't clearly state what the renewal term was. Probably for two reasons. One, there probably isn't one. They're just, they're just giving him more money to, sh to keep him shut up for the, for the following season or there is one but they had to but that's just for the legalities and they had to give him an extra day or that's an extra year is. that's what it yeah. is it's that 100% but, what but, it is but let's not forget right <laughs> what needles me is the club statement his video um, not once uh, included an apology to the fans for his behaviour for any unrest he might have caused and I just, I just find him absolutely despicable and ultimately what we've done is we've paid our own player to stay at West Ham and under this new contract that some people are <laughs> must be deluded to be excited about 
He's now got a 40, 45 million pound release fee, uh, release fee clause in his contract that he didn't have before, which pretty much guarantees him saying, I am leaving West Ham in the summer because I've just secured a legality that says you can't stop me from leaving. Yeah. So don't sit on the video and say, um, I'm committed to you guys, I can't wait to play in front of you. It's just such a mug off. And you say at Wolves, Kev, when he came over and, and clapped the fans in, in his arrogant Marco Anotovic way, I said to you off air, so what did the fans do back? And tell them what you said. There was a few standing next to me in particular, and they were applauding him back and singing his name. I mean, uh, the, 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 the mind boggles. And I tell you the mind boggles. Now, I tell you something now. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm with you. I, I personally think they've given him more money to shut him up until the end of the season. That's what that's what I think's happened. I don't know exactly what's happened, but that's what I think's happened. Now. I don't know why they've done that because from the minute, from the from the very second, Marco, Marco and Alvich didn't come out and say, "No, my brother's wrong." They should have forced him out that door because we saw it with Dimitri Payet and we're seeing it all over again now. Yeah, I mean the thing, the, the bottom line with the story. I mean, just get him out of this football. Club. I was going to do the announcement bit on my show, on my section, but I might as well just um, do it now. Basically, what's happened is is that I've said it ages ago. I might as well confirm it all now. He, players were getting unsettled, him especially, by the wage that Hernandez was on. Okay, so Hernandez was on a really high basic wage, and it did unsettle players. And they were thinking, look, this guy's earning this much. He doesn't want to be here. He's not doing anything. And obviously, the ones that uns unsettled mainly where it was about to pitch because he is technically our star player technically and he's the one scoring the goals and he's the same position as Hernandez so he also had financial needs as well thrown into that picture so he had financial needs but that he and his brother needed to sort now his brother actively seeks a move for him to go to China he approached Chinese clubs he approached Italian clubs he approached everyone to try and make them make a bid West Ham, um, he, his brother then went to Talk Sport and announced that. So all the pressure was on the club to try and, you know, handle this situation. The, they approached the Chinese club. The Chinese club offered 32, 33 million, which, of course, we have to pay for whatever percentage, 20% of that profit from 20 million to Stoke. So the fees automatically reduced. West Ham said, we're not going to be able to sign anyone in replace for him. We want 45 million. No Chinese club was prepared to pay that, but we started to talk to Gomez in a, as a, in like if we did sell him then we've got a, a light for light replacement um, and then obviously an out of it looked like we weren't going to sell him no Chinese offer came in so we decided that we're going to try and give him a reason to stay until the summer so as you say he was given a 45 million pound release clause but don't forget someone's got to pay that yeah, who's going to pay that exactly someone's got to pay that and then he was given I don't want to say too much because I'm going to put a lot of pressure and more criticism of his soldier but he was given shoulders he was given good he deserves it say it mate I'll say it another time but he was given tweaks to his contract financially to help him um, to give him more money um, and so so then what you have to do is when you amend the terms of a contract you have to change it but you have to uh, add a year to it so it was labelled PR wise as a contract extension it was a contract extension because when you amend a contract you have to extend you have to tweak it the, the, the contract takes him up to 34 okay there's no way West Ham with the financial constraints that we are often under would agree to pay all this money to someone that could potentially go to the age of 34 on that wage so they know that they're going to actively try and sell him in um, in the summer and 
<coughs> and the problem is now is that all he has proven once again that if you want to leave the club and if you want to get your own way, if you strop hard enough and make a fuss enough, you will get it. And he has proven that now. Mm. And so, unfortunately, we're in a very difficult situation that, let's say, Anderson, I don't know what Anderson's like as a person, but I'm just using his, him as an example. Let's say he's an amazing end to the season, starts next season amazingly, suddenly decides he wants to earn 250 grand a week or whatever, then he's going to say, look, look what Arnie did, look what Pye did before, I'm going to do that. I don't know Anderson, so it might be unfair to say this of him but he could potentially do that and we're in a messy situation basically we've got to hope that Anatovic thinks I need to get someone to pay 45 million for me I need to go and score loads of goals by the end of the season listen look I know we're in a sticky situation in terms of the January transfer window is the worst time possible to try and find a replacement having said that like I said from the second where Anatovic didn't come out and say no, my brother's wrong, that's not true. I want to be here, yada, yada, yada. We should have got him out of that door. Because I tell you something, like I said, we're seeing it all over again, what we saw with Payet. And this is obviously something that's been going on for quite a while now, isn't it, X? Yeah. So yeah, it's, not yeah. like, it's not like it's not happening in the past couple of weeks. It's no, been going I mean, on for quite a while, All you it? have to do is listen to our radio shows, listen back or listen to Twitter. You know, I told you guys off air what his issues were ages mm. ago, you know, and it's been going on since... Always been going on since the summer when his brother started to first talk about Manchester United being interested in him. Manchester United were not interested in him. His brother approached Manchester United because he knew Jose Mourinho from when they played at Inter Milan together and said to um, Jose Mourinho, look, Anatovic really wants to come to Manchester United. Why don't you make a bid for him? And, and they never did. So there was never a bid for Anatovic in the summer, but you would have been led to believe that there was. And agents just completely control football. And unfortunately... Fans, fans just tend to forget it. at times. You know, everyone has been very quick to uh, pardon and out of it. What he's done, I think we have to because I think we have no other choice. And and if no, we no, could... no, we don't have no other choice, mate. But at the end of the day, getting back to the to the Wolves game. He didn't do a thing. No, he and was if just he can, strolling around. And if he continues to do that, then we will get on his back. But the only thing that West Ham fans can do now, and I don't agree with it, I think it's awful, but the only thing we can do now is try to get him to score goals and win games while he's here. And I, as awful as that is, and it feels like you're being cheap or dirty or whatever, but it is the only option we have now. Well, yeah, ish. I mean, I'll never sing his name again, that's for sure. I mean, that, 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 that horse has bolted for me. I'm not bringing holes back into the <laughs> conversation now but, but, it, but it really is I'll, I'll never sing his name again for as long as I've got breath in my body but you know at the end of the day all we can hope for is that for the time we've got left with him he does give 110% to West Ham and if he scores I'll cheer the goal but I'm not getting behind him I'm not doing what those fans done next to you Kev and clap him and sing his name I think you need your head tested after what he's doing at this football club he's taking absolute liberties and you know there, there's a word for Marco Anoltovic plain and simple um, and in out of respect to the Ofcom regulations of live radio it begins with a C and it ends with a tea and it ain't carrot um, <laughs> interestingly listen to this sorry lads just really really quickly you never guess where Michi Batshuayi is Crystal Palace Crystal Palace has he chosen them over us no he's gone for a permanent move I think to Crystal Palace when we only offered a loan but I think <laughs> uh, I, know, I think the, compared to things at West Ham at the moment I think the problem is 
we've got four strike, and this is why I always say about transfers oh, being a domino yeah, effect. Yeah, we yeah. needed to sell Pires and Hernandez, who there was a chance there was a Spanish club in for Pires, there was a Spanish club in for Hernandez. We hoped to sell them both and then sign someone on loan, but they never went. Then there was a massive fee demanded, and then Paris have signed him permanently. Now, I just think the problem is, is that these clubs, I don't know, are prepared to take these gambles where when sometimes we're not. Yeah, see, I, I see things a little bit differently there because, you know, I, I think going for Batshuayi at this specific time on loan, it would be the right thing to do. Now, whilst we haven't sold an Altovich, after spending over £100 million in the transfer market in the summer, should we then... I mean, I don't know how much he's gone for, to be fair, no, do you know? I don't know, I just know he's going to a permanent move. You know, it's like... <laughs> I don't know. You know, if you if you're either going to say to Renatovich, right, go, and then you bring in a Batshuayi, or you say stay, and then I get that commitment from him for the rest of the season. Do you then go and buy Batshuayi now to potentially affect the Gomez transfer? You know, so I think you've got to apply a little bit of logic and patience into it. And I think if if he would have been open to a loan move, I'm pretty sure he'd have come to West Ham over Palace. But he obviously wants some stability in his life, and he's gone. Palace have offered it to him, so I think that's football and that's life at times. Um, yeah. You know? Um, but interestingly, on the subject of Marco Anatovic, after a quick break, we're going to be having a chat with Baz Cox, who has recently had a conversation with Marco Anatovic on the phone. Uh, maybe he'll put a different spin on it. Maybe he won't. Find out in a few minutes. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. This is Julian Dix. You're listening to the West End Way on Phoenix FM. 
We're now joined by a social media personality, a credible fundraiser for Isla Caton, and a good friend of the podcast, Baz Cox. How are you, big boy? Keeping well? Yeah, not too bad at all, thanks, mate. Not too bad at all. So you recently had a phone conversation with Marco and Altovich. How did that happen, and what was said? Uh, Marco put his thing out on his Instagram story about um, you shouldn't believe too much in the club and listen to what's outside or something. This was after we lost to Wimbledon and West Ham. Video out. I didn't say how he's back. He loves playing in front of us at the London Stadium. So I replied in a DM to him on Instagram and put reason then and if you love playing in front of us and at the London Stadium so much will we see you there in August so I screenshotted the reply and, and posted it online which he asked me to do of him saying send me your phone number I'll talk to you and he also put I want to talk to you regarding with Isla so I sent him my number and my phone rings hello Baz Markle I didn't know you know Nigerian Baz <laughs> the Nigerian Marco did you get the right Marco here mate Is that and all? And, and, and I think, looking at him and his reaction on Tuesday, even when the teams come out and all the players come and clap then, I mean, they didn't clap after, but finally three did. When the, free, uh, when the teams come out and clap, he looked really, really nervous. Mm, yeah, he's brought it on himself, though, Baz. I mean, the thing is, it, you know, this conversation's really interesting to, to kind of hear what it consisted of, but at the same time, it seems like he's swerving the main topics of discussion that West Ham fans have the ump about. And this is what annoys me, you know, there's, there's been no apology for the way he's handled things, and, and I'm surely to God he can see that he hasn't handled it well. And, you know, he, he also talks like he's had an offer proactively from another club that he can't refuse. But he's gone out of his way to put his brother in a position where he's going to go scattergun to every single club and try and get that big offer. Um, so, you know, to, to then discuss with his family and say he's going to stay, I don't think that was the case. I mean, listen, I, I'm speculating now, but what I think's happened is either the Chinese club in question have said, no, it's too much money, or 
Um, or we've got, we've got the ump with your brother who's an agent as a bit of a pain in the backside to deal with. So we're going to pull the plug for now. And then Marco's kept that in his back pocket and, and West Ham has said, look, we'll keep you on, we'll throw you a few quid if you just behave yourself and then we'll get you moving the summer. That's what I think's happening. And I, I think the whole thing's a smokescreen, Baz. I really do with him. I don't disagree with you, and again, I'm not quoting anything that's said to me from him, it's my opinion. And, and I said to him, as I put in a tweet, I said, Marco, if it's true, and if it's the case you need to move for reasons that we're told, financial, for money, then why not just make a statement and say, with a heavy heart, I don't want to leave this football club, but I've got to announce what you're reading is true. And for myself and for my family, which is my priority, that's what I've got to do. But the move on coming till the summer, and until then, I'm committed to West Ham 100% and to you fans. So us fans would accept that more and accept yeah. you more for being human and being honest. But to sit back and not say nothing, and now come out and say, oh, I'm, sta- oh, I'm back, you know? And I said to him, I said, what are you back from? You haven't been injured. Mm-hmm. And he said, said, I've been completely focused. I've trained every day. It's been the manager's decision to not play me. I said, but the manager's chose that because your head's not right. Mm. Mm. And, and I must admit the conversation went quiet he never come out once and said I'm leaving he never come out once and said I'm staying for good the impression I've got is very similar to you Dave and that's not from talking to him that's just in general mm. I think the man needs to move I think the story we read are true um, do I begrudge anyone going to earn more money? no because I'd do it I think 99% of us would but just be honest just don't sit and hide behind as you said the smoke screen because it's not worked out for you now. Because if I'm honest, do I think it will happen? Do I think I see him in a West Ham shirt in August? No. He, was, he in fairness, he rung me after the Wolves game regarding his the shirt because he walked out with it to the coach for me for Ryder. I wasn't there. I'm gonna say it's for Ryder. It's to auction off for Ryder before I get even more rubbish on Twitter about it. Um, with that shirt, he rung me to say, I'm at the coach, where are you? I've got the shirt. I said, I didn't think you'd have done it. Fair play, you've done it. And he's left it with the players liaison officer for me to collect. If his broken foot was true, you know, that could be his last ever match-worn shirt for West Ham. Mm. And, and, and don't get me wrong, yeah. Yeah. And, and I believe it will be. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, Bez. You know, it, it's the, the gesture of, of giving his shirt to make money for Isla is the most important bottom line thing in this whole discussion. Don't get me wrong. I do find it very interesting that I don't think he's ever done this before, yet he's choosing now okay. to do this. Um, we, you know, as, uh, is it a PR stunt? Yeah, possibly, but I will add to it a, a couple of things. If it is a PR stunt, I'll use it to Isla's advantage. You know, at the end of the day, if Isla gets something from it, I don't care whether it's a PR stunt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That, which is the important thing. But the message he sent me, which I screenshotted and added when he said, no, I need to talk to you about Ida. His reasoning was, and the reason he called me, as he said on the phone, he said, I knew I could trust you to talk to you because I had seen Robert Tactory in posts reference Ida. Mm. So that's what his initial message meant. I don't think his English is great, as he's put it. It wasn't talk to me because I want to do something for Ida. Yes, he could have done something for Ida in August, September, October, November. He's chosen it now and it does look bad timing. You know, but again, I'll give him credit for this, not because it covers everything, but he has given to Rob Snodgrass for Rob Snodgrass's books and site. So it's not he hasn't given anything. You know, out of the West Ham first team, I think there's only three players that have actually donated out of the first team. So none of them have done it, or so only three of them have done it, you know? So mm. 
it's a bit difficult to say is it just because of this because none of them none of the others have done it you know there, there's transfers that have happened that people could have done they've all seen you know there people been at the club long, as long as I'm going to say Adrian. No, he would have seen all about it. He, he, he's done nothing. Mm. Tell us yeah, who the three. Who are the three that have done something then, Baz? Rob Snodgrass, as everybody knows, and it's been announced. Uh, one hasn't, and I'm not going to say for their respect. Otherwise, it would have been public. And the other one was Declan Rice. Yeah, and, and then then you can. Yeah, the yeah, and that's the thing. And they're the two players, bar maybe one or two others that have the best relationship with, with the with the fans, really, because they seem almost more like one of us um, and prepared to go that extra mile. Now let, let's talk about Isla, and um, obviously with the the football match that's that's coming up that you're heavily involved in, and I've been um, grateful to be able to tweet some of the players that we've managed to get to to play in it this week. Now you're coming on the show because you've. Got massive news, and there hasn't been much transfer news. So this is uh, this is gonna, this is gonna, as big as it's going to get as far as transfer goes. Um, we've you've got the manager confirmed uh, for the West Ham eleven now. Do you want to tell everyone who that is? It's got to be me, Baz, with my yeah. football manager experience, mate, and it's surely. I don't want to steal your thunder, mate. Welcome. But... You're more than welcome to come and be physio. <laughs> <laughs> what have the ladies' game got? A, ladies' team got a game today. <laughs> The manager for the West Ham or ex West Ham and celebs team is going to be Julian Dix. We're mm. proud to announce. Yeah, brilliant news. And his council to come and do this for us and to show his support to Isla, which is fantastic. Super. We have got the question being asked to someone else as well to be joint manager, which, if it comes off, will be massive. But Julian Dix is, is great and obviously a club legend and a fan's favourite. Along with the players that we've got, like you've announced this week, Danny Gavidon confirming, Christian Daly confirming, Jimmy Walker, Colton Cole, etc. We've got a good lineup coming. We've also got Danny Dyer there, big Tom Davis, and Tom's on Soccer AM in a few weeks, who's going to announce the game. If you haven't seen it, it is May the 11th down at Avery Football Club. The doors will open at 12, kickoff will be at 3. £10 for adults, £5 for under 16s. There will be inflatables and face painting and stuff for the kids for the day as well. But it's all about raising money for the little girl, which is more important than anything. And just a lot of people do ask, literally before I spoke to yourself, I was on the phone to Nicola. Isla's had her last, it's her last day tomorrow officially of treatment of the five days. It started on Monday where she had chemo. She has three bags of chemo through the session. Tuesday was antibody, Wednesday chemo, Thursday, today was antibodies this morning, which Nick said, the first, it lasts for 30 minutes, I've witnessed this, but this morning she said the, the first 20 minutes she was fine, the last 10 minutes was the worst pain she's ever seen her in, Jesus. and she slept it off this afternoon for tonight, she's had two bags of chemo, and she's just had her last one hooked up, and she should finish about one one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Then she has a 12-hour flush for it with liquids to obviously push it out of her, and then she's allowed to go home. So she just worked three weeks ago, and it's been tough, and Nicola said it's probably the most painful we've seen her for a long time. Mm. So oh, I, I do I, I stress this. She does read all these messages. She, Nicola's been up the hospital all five days with her, obviously, and she's been checking everything. She's not on Twitter herself, but she gets all these messages relayed to her, and it means the world to her. And 
It's uh, it's a heartbreaking scenario, mate. It really is. And, uh, you know, I know you do some great work fundraising for Isla Kate and, and, and congratulations on everything you've done so far, mate. And I think it's also a good time to announce that over the last few months, people that come to the West Ham Way pre-match event uh, would have noticed a £5 donation option that we put on there for Isla uh, when they purchased their tickets. And I'm pleased to say that collectively, this has raised £875. And um, myself and X, myself and X are going to make that up to a grand. So there's uh, there's a check on its way. There's a check on its way to Isla, and um, and thanks to everyone that's contributed and continues to do so. You know, it's a really special cause. And uh, but listen, Baz, mate, it's been a pleasure as always speaking to you, and and keep up the good work. And I hope to see you soon, mate. We will do. Thanks for having me on. Top man. Top man. Andrew, mate. Andrew. Okay, next, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Just whether it's worth the wait, time will tell. Um, but after this, X is going to give it to you.
okay, welcome back to the show. And um, before I play his uh, famous intro, uh, we was just having a conversation with Baz about the, the charitable work that he does, the fantastic work he does for Isla. And, and, and there's so many people in the West Ham community that do donate to Isla, and we've really come together to, to really donate in mass, which I think says a lot about us as a fan base, and, and it's fantastic, and everyone should keep that up. But I'm going to kind of put him on the spot now, and he's, he's kind of, he has asked me not to do it off air, but I am going to do it because um, he doesn't get enough recognition for all the work that he's done for Isla, because he very much stays under the radar and raises a few quid without wanting people to know necessarily where it's come from. And uh, and that man is our very own ex, and, um, and I do want to put you on the spot a little bit, mate, because I think it is something that people should be aware of. Of. Obviously, we do a few quid together with the West Ham Way events. I know Kev's done something for Isla as well, but separately on your own, either directly or indirectly, just just tell people what, what you've managed to raise for Isla. Um, <laughs> it's difficult to talk about, really, because obviously it's all should be. It's all about her, as you've said. But um, I mean, it's difficult to put a figure on it because I've never ever tallied it up. I just like do the auctions and I sell things like that, and you know, get people to donate. And I've never. Some people have like a their own unique link that you can donate to, which then tells you how much they have collect, they have raised on their own. I never did that because, like I said, I just didn't. I wanted it to be about her and. Not me, but I'd predict, you know, I've raised money for John Joe's charity and things like that as well, so it's hard to distinguish between for which one, but I'd, I'd go about 25 quid. Yeah, 25 <laughs> quid. Uh, 25 quid, yeah, 25 quid and a packet of Maltesers. Um, no, which, which uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, around about 25k, roughly, roughly. Yeah, that's fantastic, mate, and, and really, you know, that, that's really, really admirable, and, and congratulations Thank on you. That. Well, a lot of it's been the events as well, in which you've been involved in, you know, yeah. I mean, like we said, we've donated a grand today, which was a joint thing, you know, we had, um, we've had other things where we've auctioned things at the events, Baz has auctioned things, we've had, um, you know, other things go on at the events to raise money for us so you know we've done those things collectively as well and a lot of it's the players you know Matty Everington credit to him he donated his match worn FA Cup final shirt that raised about a grand and a half which I auctioned for him Ginger Pele gave me his boots and, and these are I never asked them I'm not the sort of person that likes to big players I think if they want to do it then they'll do it they all approached me so you know Matty approached me Ginger Pele asked me for to do it for him he was match worn boots against Liverpool and shirt which we lost in but he still still donated them Jack Collinson I can't remember what it was he gave me now a shirt I think as well he donated that Jimmy Walker um, so a lot of it has been and it's the public as well you know I had a fella that went out of his way to get Bobby Zamora signed programme there's been so many people Game of Thrones donations you know loads of the public and I think last year when there was so much rubbish going on at West Ham off the pitch Isla and the cause united the fan base and it is the mm. one thing that most West Ham fans don't <laughs> argue with you know everyone gets behind it as they rightly should and, and tries to raise money and you know let's just hope that all of this um, is over very quickly for her and she can live the life that she deserves to, yeah. to live no I, I totally agree and one thing we've all got in common actually if you're a West Ham fan or not because there, there's been a lot of support from other clubs as well yeah, let's not forget mate, um, one thing that we've all got in common is that genuine emotional attachment to seeing a little girl always smiling despite her suffering and especially mm. if you've got kids yourself as well it, it kind of it really hurts even more but um, but no listen good, good luck to her good luck to her family and good luck to the West Ham family and, and other football clubs and other fans that want to get together and throw a, a few quid at a really good call so mm. congratulations to everyone and, and long may it continue or hopefully it won't continue because you won't need it that's the ultimate goal yeah. on that note Let's go give it to you. Oh, 
you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. X gon' give it to you. He gon' give it to you. X gon' give it to you. Right, okay. Drum roll, please. Right, how many signings are coming through the door, mate? <laughs> it is... Zero. <laughs> I haven't even said it yet. <laughs> you ruined my moment. I mean, it is looking unlikely to be anyone, and uh, that is rather depressing to break this news as we do transfer. We seem to do this every year. A transfer deadline show with no transfers. Um, but it was like it, Jordan Hugel last year, mate. Was that live on the air? I think he might have done that before uh, we had the show, I think. Um, Jordan Hugel. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually... The difficult thing about... Um, about uh, this show is that I'm actually, you can see I'm doing it now, I'm actually trying to get the information that's out there whilst talking and reading to um, Twitch on my text and stuff. But anyway, so let's let's cut to it. So let's go to the Gomez transfer. Now the Gomez transfer, if you follow my timeline, despite the the ease of being able to get retweets because the likes of West Ham Central are dying for it to happen. Most of football Twitter, you know, those people that have players as their profile and call themselves Magic Mazaraku and Carrot Cresswell and um, <laughs> I can't think of anything. <laughs> Dave Defoe. Yeah, Dave Defoe. <laughs> Fabulous and all of this stuff. Like, and just are the most cringeworthy and most annoying things on Twitter. Um, and they call me a fraud every transfer window um, just because I don't tell them the transfers they want to happen and I rubbish them. Everyone wanted this transfer to happen. Now, there was interest. I said on the show repeatedly, he is the number one target. A lot of it depended on an out of it going. We all know what happened there. I don't need to explain. So his transfer then basically became on the... on the. Uh, it was set up so that we would sign him in the summer because Celta Vigo didn't want to sell him. He had a release clause, etc, etc, etc. So we did have negotiations with his agent and his club and there was talks about him coming but it was always very, very unlikely this window because what you have to bear in mind is that Hernandez is still there. He's on 140 grand roughly with both Bonuses a week, and Altovic, um, roughly the same, Anderson, roughly the same. So if you bring Gomez in, yes, the wages would have been given back to Celta Vigo, but let's just say we didn't sign sell an Altovic in the summer. We'd have two quality strikers, but can we afford that? I don't know. I, I, I think we should have signed him and used the summer budget because we're desperate for a forward. Um, but the club didn't. So whether we'll get him in the summer, I don't know. I've been told it's a summer signing, but I think other clubs will move for him then and there's no way to stop them unless we've paid for us to have the first rights of him but that means next to nothing anyway so that's the situation with him it was never particularly on another thing you need to bear in mind is Sky okay Sky have a massive um, thing to them called Sky Bet yeah a betting company one of the biggest in the country now they also have Sky Sports News a whole show dedicated to news and transfers like today if they turn around and do what I've done a lot this window and say nothing is happening, look what happens. I'm living proof now. I'm trying to do a radio show with next to nothing to talk about. Um, they ruin themselves. So these things, these channels and stuff build up interest because they have to, as do the papers. They are they are make their money and, and the journalists are judged by the amount of hits they get to their paper, the amount of retweets they get on Twitter, the amount of viewers they get to Sky. So it is in their interest to sensationalise things 
and West Ham fans are the easiest to do it. So, you know, you just have to look look up the story in the summer that I made up with Sean Wetson about Romero, Angelo Romero, and look what that when he was interviewed on Brazilian TV about his possible move to West Ham, and he was in the papers, he was on all the ESPN, and it was just not true. He Sean picked the name out at random, and I made the rest up, and it went it went global. Imagine if they gave him a pay rise to stay. Well, well mate, exactly. <laughs> The, the guy went on to score a hat-trick. He scored about five goals in eight games and actually looked like he secured himself a move. I was going to message him and say, Angelo, you owe me. You owe me, mate. But, um, yeah, so that was the story with Gomez. It, uh, anyway, and then today, you know, what was... We tried to offload Pires. I've, I've said earlier on the show that he's not particularly rated or wanted. We also looked at Hernandez. We wanted a loan Pires. Uh, sorry, sell Pires. Sell Pires and loan Hernandez or sell Hernandez. And if we did... Either of those would have used that money to sign a forward. I, I've said throughout the window that we've been looking, speaking to Chelsea. That was categorically denied by most sites until today when they all started to get behind the Chelsea stories. Um, Bat Shuai was the main one. Um, he looks to have been joining Crystal Palace. I, I'm trying to keep up with my phone. That may possibly have fallen through now. I, I'm not sure. Um, but it's a loan deal, that one. Is it a loan deal yeah. now? So it was, a tra- it was a permanent move. He never wanted to come to West Ham you know he I don't know why he seems to hate the club like he's turned us down two or three times doesn't want to come to us if he chooses Crystal Palace over us then I think I don't know what wow. to think that, really. is, that is a lack yeah. of ambition it's bad enough at West Ham exactly um, you know there was talks of drink water that was never on um, Kev had a, his source on that. Yeah, very interesting source. <laughs> a very on that interesting one. source. Right, I? Yeah, yeah, you were in the end. It took about a few twists and turns yeah. here and there, but we got <laughs> we got it. Um, Cahill, I don't know if he joined anyone today, but he's on 120 grand a week. That was um, unlikely. So if we anyway, so if we could have shifted Perez and Hernandez, we were. I was told we were going to approach a world class centre forward and get them on loan. Is Batshuayi well? Well, I guess world class is too strong, but a top class forward is Batshuayi that. I would have been happy with it, but I'm not sure. There was talk of Jotovic, who plays for Monaco and used to play for Man City under Pellegrini, been injured for a long time, but that they may look to loan him out to to get some football um, sorry it's really hard to do this with my phone flashing up Good with everything um, yeah I thought so um, they also approached another um, couple of players about um, loan moves but the problem is is that no one really wants to sell in January so you do have to pay over the odds to sign anyone as we've categorically said on this show repeatedly and um you know what you, what you want to say about the chairman or whatever they are businessmen they don't they don't want to pay categorically over the odds for someone and they haven't and it would have eaten into the summer transfer budget as well possibly could have been a panic buy I don't know I'm disappointed I think we're massively weak at centre back I think we're massively weak in central midfield and I think we need a goal scorer so I really think we should have done some business with this window um, obviously we signed Nasri we signed the Portuguese lad if you want to say his name, Dave. Oh, Christ you... almighty. I'd rather hear you say it, to be honest with you. I think I, I think all the listeners would I, rather hear you I say it. I actually can't even remember it because I just knew there's no point <laughs> in even trying to, trying to learn this. Well, he's been that. stuck straight in the under 23s, hasn't he? Well, yeah, and, he, and that's what he's been bought for. Now, the thing is, he was offered to the club. You know, I think, um, I think back in the day, Dave Hunt, um, you know, brilliant... Uh, head of recruitment for West Ham um, offered him to West Ham said we could get him I think the same time we signed Quinner you know he's meant to be a, a really good um, young player um, his name is 
<laughs> Mazaki Dejou. Yeah, I don't think I could have done much better. No, <laughs> there you go. Um, so, so he's now joined us for our free transfer. Um, goes into the under 23s. Never to um, be seen again, no doubt. Probably. Um, his English is so so. Um, but you know, who knows? Maybe he'll turn out to be the new Vaz Tay. Vaz Tay is training <laughs> with the under 23s as well. I don't know if you saw well, it wouldn't that. Wouldn't surprise news, me yeah. if we gave him a contract. No, exactly. He's out. Well, I think the number 12 shirt isn't been given to anyone. Uh, there you go. And, and he's, he scored quite a lot of goals in China, I think, in his last move. So maybe, but Vaz Tay is training with the under 23s that is that is true um you know the thing with the thing with us is that once Anatovic stayed and we didn't sell anyone else there was I was told there was no money to sign anyone so that's why we had to get rid of Pires, had to get rid of Hernandez for that to happen it didn't happen so there wasn't any money to buy anyone with now that is frustrating but that that that's the that's the bottom line. That's the that's the facts that I've been given, and, and we're just going to hope that the players that we've still got can turn around and start performing properly again. Um, and then in the summer, I genuinely believe we need we need a massive overhaul, massive overhaul. You know, I think you need to look at um, Adrian, you need to look at Bonner, you need to look at um, Obiang, all the forwards. You know, there's so many players that you could potentially say need to move on in the summer, and I think that's what we got to do if we going to kick on um, you know I was talking I did a tweet earlier just now saying that there's a potential loan move out that has now collapsed that's just came up on my phone that was for an under 23s player can you say why or not um, you say who and why I've got to be a little bit careful because I've been asked not to say don't um, don't don't too say too much it. so yeah and I get, I'm been getting myself into a lot of trouble recently so I mean I'm going to take a break from getting myself into trouble but it was a player um, an under 23s player to go on loan to a championship club and it's fallen through through no fault of his own that's probably the best way to to say it um and that's a disappointment for him a disappointment for me because i think it would have been good for him and a disappointment for i guess the club that were looking to sign him because they're in a bit of a predicament um so yeah so that's that's basically it i, I mean i wish there was more to talk about but there isn't and I, we've got 40 minutes left my phone is Going, I mean, there's like I just non-existent. <laughs> well, no, there's uh, my phone's just literally this popped up with I'm looking now 25 notifications in 30 seconds because that's when I just cleared through them. So there's stuff going on, but I was told categorically. I said to the top top person, I'm about to go on a radio show with a lot of listeners to do a transfer deadline show. Can you give me anything that I can talk about? And the answer I got. <laughs> was no. So here we are trying to stretch a two-hour transfer deadline show without any transfers. So, well, um, look, I mean, it is what it is. You're here to bring exclusive news and you can exclusively reveal there is no news. Exactly. I mean, and that's mate, the way listen, it is. I got a lot of stick this this winter, this this January, for not breaking exclusive transfer news. Okay? The reason I didn't break, it just makes me laugh that people can't see this. Um, the reason I didn't break exclusive transfer news was now you know because there was no transfer news to break that was legitimate I can sit here and dismiss transfers which I did all window and I can tell you the two that were going to happen you can look back and see Nazri I predicted ages ago I said the Dejou guy was definitely joining and he did you know the people were talking about other players joining us and said that's not happening that's not, that's not happening how can you break an exclusive transfer signing when the player hasn't signed that's what Sky have done if that's what you want me to do then you're following 
following the wrong account i believe that my account has to be accurate and give you what is actually happening but if you want an account that tells you what you want to hear but then doesn't happen then this ain't the one for you <laughs> so um, that's the bottom line that is it and you know we've got 40 minutes left of the show if anything changes i will try and tell you before then but um there isn't anything coming through at this point. Yeah, I mean, as it's a transfer-related show, I, I thought it'd be quite interesting to look at some of the players that are due to be out of contract in the summer. Uh, so not relevant to this window, because we know nothing's going to happen now, but potentially could be in July. So there's loads of players available as it stands, and I've just selected a, a handful just to see if you knew they were available and if you think any of them should be considered by Pellegrini in the summer. Um, so let's go through them one by one. Now, you might say no to all of these. Um, they might be absolutely unrealistic. You might say, oh, I love that person, and, and for all I know, they might have already signed a deal without us knowing. Um, so it's only a little bit of fun, I suppose. But just one by one, right? And, and this is taken from an article, so if I'm wrong, apologies, but who cares? Um, Gary Cahill from Chelsea. No. Uh, on a free transfer. Um, These are all free transfers. Right. Um, if he's if he's on 120 grand at the moment at Chelsea, what's his wage demands going to be? Uh, probably not far off that. Given his age, no. If he was to go for 40,000, we need defensive players. We need English players for our quota. If he was to go on about 40,000, then yes. Kev, you went out right now. Nah, I, I think we just need to completely change our strategy of recruiting just not sign any players over over a certain age that's my that's my opinion okay so um, I would take him though purely on that basis I think this is an interesting one Damian at United Mm. No, wasn't he like really hot? Didn't they sign him for quite a lot? He's a right back. Or I something, think he's a left. A right or left. He's left. A yeah, right, back, right or left. Yeah. I think he's only twenty-eight. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's not a bad. Just one, can't actually. really get a game at United. No, can't really break he through was there. Highly rated. I mean, who did he join them from? It was like a decent Italian team, wasn't it? From memory, I'm just going to quickly whack him into. It was Napoli, into, wasn't it? I think. I'm thinking Roma, but who knows? That's what that's what rack him in there, Matteo Damian. Let's just see. I'm. It is. Torino oh. <laughs> but yeah I mean he, he was he's Italian international 36 games for them you know so yeah I probably would take him yeah uh, I, I think it's a no brainer to be honest yeah. with you I mean I can't 100%. profess to know everything about him but if you look at his history you look mm. at where he is look at his age and you look you potentially wouldn't pay a penny for him mm. uh, it's definitely worth looking at um, and a Herrera apparently a Man United his contract definitely take him definitely take him yeah, take him. yeah. Uh, Phil Jones also set to join him oh that's interesting oh. Again, depends on wages, but yeah, I mean, he's played for Man United for however many years. He's England, he's international. England international. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take would, him. Yeah, yeah. Probably would actually. How yeah. old is he? Uh, uh, Jones, he's got to be touching 30, hasn't he? I'd say about 28, but again, let's call on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say 28, 29, yeah. Yeah, I'm going 28. Um, he is. 26 oh 26 wow, really yeah. it looks about 58 doesn't yeah, exactly. it oh, it seems like he's been around for ages yeah, wow he's, well, he's played 150 times for Man United he's been there since 2011 so he joined them like 8 years ago I don't just for the faces I think he's a decent player he can play right back he can play centre back yeah, he's quite he, versatile he's quite versatile he's an England international again I'm, I think he's doing a lot worse he don't play for Man United for 8 years without being a decent footballer mm -hmm. oh. isn't it interesting one purely based on the connection uh, Vincent Company Man City oh see oh, too injury prone isn't he? yeah oh, is he 34 now 
Is he is he mid thirties? I it? think he's yeah. that age. Yeah, he's going wiki mad. Exactly, my I've never read my years Wikipedia so much. But um, so depressing saying that, isn't it? Boys, you thirty-four. That's like we're all like that age. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, I'm even older. Yeah, yeah, you're older. Yeah. I was delighted the other day <laughs> when I saw that when I saw that Robert Green was still playing. and He's actually thirty-nine. I was like, yes, there's someone older. Than well, Burnley have signed Peter Crouch today. Yeah, he's older than me. I, I think. Believe. He's thirty-eight. Did you see their announcement video? No. I bet it was him doing a robot or something. No, it was a toy robot walking into the... Uh, really? into, into the I actually ground. really like Peter Crouch. Oh, I, 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 I listen. Weird signing though, isn't it? It yeah. is weird. You mm. know what they're going to be doing? Just pumping the balls into the box. But yeah. he he came across. He's you've got to listen to it if you haven't. And I'm sorry to advertise a rival podcast because they always are the ones that stops us being in the top ten now. But Peter Crouch has got a podcast for the BBC, and he's going through like each sec each show is a different uh, section. So he talks about like signings and kits and the team bus and stuff like that. He's at Actually, really, really interesting, yeah, and he comes across as a really good bloke. And obviously, we know Matty yeah. Everington. Mm. He always speaks very high. I think they've been on a holiday together and stuff. He always speaks very highly of him. Um, anyway, what was the question? Uh, company, 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 company is thirty-two, um, thirty-three this year. Though in, in a couple of months, I do you know what? Having said, I'd take Cahill. I don't think I'd take Company, and I think the reason I wouldn't is like Kev said, he's just so injury prone. And whilst I think on his day he's a brilliant player. Oh, he must be to play for Man City since 2008 um, I just I knew know what would happen we'd mm. sign him give him 80 grand a week and he'd be out yeah, for the season just be completely so, injury prone yeah um, David Louise, Chelsea yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah take I'll take him. Yeah, I'll take I can him. see him in central midfield, you know. Yeah, see, I, I, I have him more as a central midfielder at Chelsea, but he tends to play more left back, That's I really think. Surprising uh, centre back. Because it only seems like they signed him back. Like, he's about 32, 33 now, though, isn't he? <laughs> I'm going to go 29, but um, we'll see. Hold on. David Luiz is 31, so yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he'd only joined Chelsea in 2016, so he signed quite a short-term deal when he, mm. when he went back there. Well, what's his yeah. birthday? Uh, uh, there's a reason I'm asking 22nd this. 22nd of April to 1987. Yeah, so he'll be 32 then by the time he, he yeah, leaves his contract. For a club yeah. like Chelsea, they probably have a strategy to sign younger players yeah, as well exactly. moving forward. I would take him, you know. Yeah, I would. Again, he don't play for Chelsea, Paris Saint-Germain, Brazil. Brazil. Mm. For, mm. Uh, without being a decent player. Yeah, so. true. Um, right, OK, let's, let's fly through these. Uh, one matter. United apparently is oh, on a very love, love that. I mean, look, he might get a, a new deal. We might go to a top four. It's all smiling. Look, no, 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 Augsburg, this day pronouncing. He on loan. He's been lit, his agent. Well, he lost his agent in the summer, but he was still negotiating in the window. But he was still negotiating deals for him randomly. Augsburg was always going to go. So he's gone in, gone on loan to Germany, and the youngster. Ado Fyan. Ado Fyan's joined Oldham on loan as well. Um, yeah, anyway. It really is such a shame about Oxford, though, isn't it? Uh, it's so it really, depressing really to think that... I find, it, I find it boring now as yeah, well. But it's not even yeah, a good German town. I don't know where though. they are in the league. Nah, but, uh, you know, waste I, of time. I, you know, it's not like... You know, before he was at Monch and Gladbach, wasn't he? And you think, OK, they're a decent team and stuff, but, you know, I can't even spell it to search it. Augsburg. Uh, Syria. Uh, I've got it. I actually spelled it right. Well done. <laughs> I actually spelled it right. Um, they are, this is where, the, they are in the top division. Okay, I'll take that back. Um, and, um, oh no, German Wikipedia. 
Oh god, give up! It's gone to random site now. <laughs> but yeah, they're not a top German team anyway. So no. Yeah. Anyway, right. The rest. James Milner. Yeah, I'll take him. Versatile. Yeah. He's played right back a lot I for like Liverpool. James Milner. He's got a brilliant engine. I think he's one of these players that yeah. are, that are that is fit before his years. I think he's you know he's probably got another two years at top level yeah. potentially. He the, am I imagining this like the youngest ever Premier League player or something at one point or not? He won't be anymore. So I think like maybe Oxford might have even beaten him. For yeah, that he was now, 16 but, for Leeds, um, wasn't it? Yeah, um, he he was like 16 for Leeds. He's been playing since 2002. Yeah, it's incredible. And he's, and he's, he's like a Zabaletta type of player though. Yeah, he just keeps on going, yeah. going and going and going. Looks after himself. Oh, I'm a professional. professional. Yeah, good, yeah. good to have players like that at the club, yeah, yeah. I think, especially for the youth players. Winner as well. Um, right, okay, I'm going to skip a couple out here. I think in the interest of time. Um, Sturridge at Liverpool. We spoke about this before. No. Terrible injury record, aren't yeah, they? Definitely not. Um, Valencia at United. Antonio Valencia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll take him. Would you? How old is he now? 31? Don't get him wiki in that, for Christ's sake. We'll be here till 12 o'clock. I'll take morning. him, though, Antonio Valencia. First at all, as well. Mm. Um... Okay, so what about um, Danny Welbeck being the last one? No, Arsenal. Too injury prone. Uh, I mean, uh, that is a problem because, again, if he wasn't injury prone, England international, Man United, Arsenal, you would take him. Pace, I don't think he's technically the best player. He reminds me a bit like Antonio, you know, pace more than skill necessarily, but um, mm. he's just too injury prone. I think he's lost it a bit as well, to be honest. I think it's because of the injuries. He's just always injured, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Um, and and uh, I would take Sturridge, having said that. I think Sturridge is injury prone as well, but when he was with Suarez, I mean, he's only about 27. When he was with Suarez, he was phenomenal. Yeah, he was. Phenomenal. And he would be almost worth a gamble. If you could get one of the players you pay as you play deal, might yeah, be. Yeah, up top of Perez, eh? Yes. Mm. <laughs> might be a good one. I thought it was quite an interesting topic there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's even more play, players yeah. out there, but um, it just goes to show, you know, you can nick a bargain. Um, not all of them will fit, obviously, but, you know, there might be some diamonds in the rough there somewhere where you don't need to spend a transfer fee. So, watch this space. Who knows? We could be talking about one of these as a new signing. But let us know what you think on social media, as you often do. Um, any of those float your boat? Let us know. I really do think it's quite an interesting topic. Right, OK. After this is going to be the last section of the show, which is questions from our collective followers on social media. So, thank you very much, X.
This is Matthew Evanson, and you're listening to The West Ham Way on Phoenix FM. Right, okay, welcome back to the final part of the show where you've been kind enough to take the time to send us your questions, and Kev is going to kick us off with the first one. Uh, English Hammer says, um, controversial, but who is the biggest celeb? X for the WhatsApp group coverage. What's that about? Hi, stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> or Superfan Dave for not wearing socks on a freezing cold night on the sky and just being a superfan in general. Maybe we should have his podium. I'm all right, I'll just be the water boy. <laughs> I'm all right, I'll bring out the oranges. <laughs> Do you know what? It was funny that point. I was thinking about this the other day and it randomly came up because someone said to me uh, um, about they, they related it to an outer bitch um, mm. and they were saying oh imagine what the WhatsApp group's saying now about an outer bitch <laughs> um, and, and I just looked back at it and I thought that was so surreal that whole pie thing so I think it, like, I told you two off air and I think you Dave I think you said oh, um, go and tell them about the WhatsApp group and yeah, I was like shall I, I, remember, I, I shall remember not that. bother yeah. shall not bother and you're like oh god it's not going to cause any harm yeah. so I just yeah no one will think anything of it. So I thought, okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll mention it. <laughs> it's just so surreal. And then I'm driving through town because I think I, think I was off work that day. And I, we, I remember we went past like a news agent and the paper was outside. I started, it was like, Pi A kicked out of WhatsApp group. And I thought, what the, what? that's what I said. And so I said to my wife, pull over. Let me just go get that paper. And on the back page of the sun, it had, it had like XWHU employee on the West Ham Way Phoenix FM. And then after that it just went viral no, it was like, crazy, literally wasn't it? everywhere it was like uh, everywhere you turned you know people had made like sort of fake like pretending that they had the copy of the whatsapp yeah, messages yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff and it, <laughs> and it was just so like so unbelievably sorry I've just got a text. I remember listening to that on TalkSport yeah and it, and, and it was just yeah, like it was with Jenny yeah, and it was just so surreal but then you know the other funny surreal thing with Dave and the socks you know I, I, I knew that he was going to be <laughs> Going down it because you were doing something with Matty Everton before. Yeah. Where you well, this is what people show. don't realise. Just quickly, yeah. is that I was I was actually presenting the Premier League review show, a section for them, mm. uh, for BT Sport, on the same night with Matty yeah. Everton and, and another it. journalist. But what you got to remember is that was before I went on pitch side. Yeah. So I was already freezing because that was outside. That was sitting <laughs> in the dugout. If you if you look at that, it's on YouTube. So I was already struggling to feel my toes. Anyway, that's before I went pitch side. So when I walked on, Christ knows what they must have thought of me. I thought I'd sank wrong with me. I had too much to drink or something. Yeah, we was in the concourse, well, weren't we? Yeah, it was me. So me and yeah. you went for a beer, and I think we were just standing by the, you yeah, know, the watching beer, the watching, them, watching yeah. the TVs. <laughs> and all of a sudden, well, I can't remember which one of us yeah. it was. We is went, is that guy? Dave Walker, the West Ham Way podcast or whatever, right? And he's on the yeah, pitch. With Carragher and Neville. Yeah, Carragher and Neville. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was just so surreal. And yeah, um, that was that was mad night. Yeah, that. that was that was pretty. I didn't amazing. know myself. I'd be pitch side until no, I got no. there. And so then they took the Mickey out of you. Yeah. Like, they, do you know what? They, they they were blinding lads actually. I actually I have really to say, like both. They are. Yeah, they're good lads. Do you know what? I think that as much as you hate Sky and you hate um, BT Sports for what they do in terms of the changing the fixture times and stuff the coverage they do give I do really yeah, like brilliant. it you know, yeah. being, what I like about I think Car Carragher and Neville um, are superb what I like about BT Sports is when they do that interview afterwards with the guests that they've had you know you found some fascinating things out by like you know Rio Gerard yeah. Skulls but like some Owen some top top players um, so yeah I think in fairness the coverage of football is, is brilliant it's just a shame it affects everything so much mm. um, very true anyway um, let's get through the million WhatsApp 
Our events that's being one of them. That's been frustrating, hasn't it? When Sky have, oh, yeah. have rearranged the kickoff and we've had to miss events. That's been uh, that's been a real killer. Massively. I mean, I don't know if we should. Might as well say we're on the topic of it. Obviously, that uh, happened. Oh, you got oh no, I was, well, I was going to do something on the events oh, at the end. But then, but I was just going to talk about the change of kickoff time. But yeah, yeah. Um, right. Okay. Uh, Ian Chicherry. Speaking of events, he comes to them. Yeah, he's top um, man. Yeah, all rather depressing at the moment. Is it a valid criticism that we appear to set up the same, regardless of the opposition, or are our options simply limited to do with injuries? Right, that's a good question. Well, before the injuries, we were flying, weren't we, really? So... I think, yeah, before the injuries, we were rotating a bit, weren't we? Some games we were playing 4-5-1, others we were playing 4-4-2. So I think, yeah, I think injuries have just dictated what we can and can't do. Although that said, like we already said earlier on the show, I'd have played 4-5-1 against Wolves and we didn't. Yeah. And then we got overrun and I think that's what we lost. And, that, and I don't even think that's for the benefit of hindsight because no, they I are strong in midfield. I, we're away from home. I did it on Hammer. I went on Hammer's chat preview of the Wolves game. And I asked, me and Gio said exactly that. You need three midfield. Yeah. against walls and it was proven yeah totally agree and, and, and I have to say as well I don't know if he's working on it and if he's working on it maybe they're not getting it or maybe he's not working on it enough but our defending from set pieces petrifies oh, me it's, it's undone us so many times this season yeah, it's terrible and that's what I was saying about naming the team that late it's got to be a fact it has to be because teams study you know the, the movements of the person they're marking way in advance and we can't do that if you name the team just before I know that doesn't excuse all games because some of them they would have named before but certainly the Wolves one was odd mm. This one's from uh, at, uh, sorry, Phil Fisher at Phil WHO. What is the best individual performance you have seen from a West Ham player? Mine has to be Ludo versus Man United when he single-handedly cost them the title. I mean, I'm terrible at on-the-spot memory stuff, but do you know what? The, the performances from Keeper uh, automatically brings me to... Um, do you remember this game? Phil Parks at Wolves. We lost 1-0. Steve Ball scored. And I, t- I tell you, for those listening that do remember that game, it, it it was so bizarre. We could have lost about 25 nil, and it is it's probably the best goalkeeping performance I've ever seen. Even though he conceded, we lost mm. the game. But that sprung to mind in the comparison with Ludo. Also, I can throw another goalkeeping performance in oh, there yes. as well. Um, Robert Green away at Arsenal. I thought was absolutely sensational mm. in that game when we won one nil and um, Zamora scored when we stayed up in the 2007. Mm. Shaka had some great it's been great a few games. As well. Yeah, I think I think the guy. There's a comment underneath that original tweet, and someone said Stuart stage against Everton the FA Cup yeah. that was my first yeah. season as a season ticket holder and I can still remember and speaking of the magic of the FA Cup I can still remember <laughs> yeah. how amazing that day was you know I must have been about nine eight or nine and I can still remember it so clearly um, and, it, and he was brilliant that day um, a few really the Canio against Bradford he was brilliant that well, yeah, yeah that, that was such against, a good game that. I love Chelsea that game. away from home when he scored Dixie against Tottenham at home 4-3 yeah. Um, what about um, Diame second half against Chelsea that time? Do you remember when he came on as a sub and we were one 0 down? <laughs> he won us the game, and we won three yeah. one or something. And he was—I yeah. would never find a. I liked Diarme. him, Diame. He was yeah, sensational. Um, th- th- there's got to be others that we've just oh, loads, missed. Yeah. Like um, you know, Rio must have had a few in there. Um, Do you know, changing the question slightly. Um, I-, I remember once on this show we was asked who was one signing that we'd made that we, we felt was um, undervalued, underestimated. I know what you're and, say, no. and, and, I, and I don't know if I, I... Something tells me I didn't give this answer, and, I, and if I didn't, I wish I had, because I absolutely love this geezer, and I'm sure I'm not alone in saying this, but Diamante. Oh, so I was going to yeah. say Tinahin. 
I think that's what we all agreed on, yeah, actually. Oh, yeah, Diamante. Yeah. I, I love Diamante. Yeah, and was, then not, yeah. not too long ago, I think he scored, not too long after, I think he scored the, um, won the penalties in the World Cup competition against England. Yeah, he did. Good player. Yeah. I remember, you know, it's funny because do you remember that game against Wimbledon when the Caddio scored that, you know, that goal that everyone knows about? That was Freddie Canute's debut in the same game. And that goal was the main talking point of that game. Yeah, his debut was. Sensational. Debut, yeah. Sensational. Mm. I thought a very good player. Um, he scored, didn't he? Uh, I'm sure he scored. Yeah, I think he did. I think he scored the yeah. first and then Caddy scored the second. And, yeah, okay, do, do you remember Samassi Abu at home against oh, Barnsley? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah.
Kierchbach, you know whatever his name is, Adler and Fernandez of Q, that bought QPR were in the running. So his way of sweetening West Ham fans was, wow, look at me, I can br- bring two yeah. Argentinian no, no, no. world car stars. I don't mean to throw yeah. you under the bus, you've got that totally wrong okay. because the Biscuit Barons took us over after that. Your David Gold and yeah, Fernandez yeah, yeah. Was, was after the biscuit barrel. Yeah, sorry, you're right. Good knowledge. You are right. That is true. That is true. So at the time, it was between the mm. Atlantics and him mm. um, taking over. Yeah, you are right. That is true. Because they were the ones that then um, had sorry, to... Mate. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. It's correct me. That's right. I'm glad someone has some knowledge on this show <laughs> other than me. <laughs> um, he's, uh, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. But either way, it was just completely dodgy. And it was... Oh, so and it dodgy. was... What was it? It was sanctioned by... Um, who's the who's the old oh, chairman? My main Terence Brown. Terence Brown, yeah. And then he just left the club, and then the then the new oh. owners had to deal with the the fine. Oh, uh, I remember watching it on Sky Sports News, and um, they were saying it was a loan deal. Then about half an hour later, they was like, it's, it's a permanent transfer. Yeah. We was like, what? Oh, no. Where's that money come from? Yeah, exactly. Well, you had in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was actually like rubbing his hand. I know. And then he ended up, not, like you said, not getting to buy yeah. the club. And it was just so, so bizarre. So mm. bizarre. Anyway. <laughs> Only at West Ham, mate. Yeah, it's the West Ham way, definitely. Yeah, um, I think it's you, Rex. I can always tell when there's that little bit of silence. Yeah. I, don't know, yeah. I, don't know, yeah, I can never me. keep up. At Chatwin Junior Seven, what's been? I oh, know you've done. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> at Jonathan WHU. If you had to pick one, if you had to pick one, what position would you have liked the club to strengthen during the January window? Personally, I want to leave. Stratford before kickoff every time I see Arthur at left back paired with Obono and mm. centre back. Yeah, so I definitely think centre back should have looked at another centre back this yeah, window. I think 100%. so. 100%. I think so. Mm, I don't know though because seven goals in two games. But then if we saw it, but then if we, yeah, yeah, and, and maybe I, I mean, I was going to say you should consider this but then maybe we need to strengthen anyway but what I'm saying is if we was to sign a centre half they wouldn't be getting that in over a fully fit Diop or Balbrenner anyway yeah, of course, yeah. so that signing would then in effect in my opinion become a squad player I think a first team player I don't know I mean you've got Zabit right back he's still doing the job and he, Creswell's a natural left back but he seems to fancy Arthur more doesn't he even though he's not a left back yeah. um, that's, do you know what that's actually a really good question because I don't think that's an easy one in the summer if you've got a budget it's, it's easy to identify. You do need the centre half. You do need yeah. fullbacks. You do need centre mids. You do need another striker. But to pick one, that's quite tough. I, I think. I think if you could guarantee that the team that is out there now all stay fit, I would go with a forward because I think we need someone to mm. challenge an Altsvich to score. But you can't guarantee that with West Ham. And the fact that we've got two fit centre backs worries me immensely. So I think. In, in real life, like in real West Ham terms, I would have got a centre back personally. Mm. I wonder if Ginger's still floating around. God, he's joined Ipswich mm. now, isn't he, unfortunately? Oh, yeah, but you can see him at the West Ham Way event. <laughs> nice yeah. plug. Actually, you can't because it's something else. <laughs> so sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, this one's from Matt Hadders, uh, at Matt underscore 6677. What's your worst West Ham team eleven? All positions in the last decade. So did ten we, years. We, we can spend a bit. Oh of time. yeah, no. I was just yeah. saying, we did this, we, we but did this. we, we did didn't it in the last like, ten years. Yeah, though, did we? Did oh god, in the last ten years. So ten years would take you what? Two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine season. Um, keeper. Uh, who was the keeper we got? Really? Oh, see, Robert Green was keeper for most of it. Robert Green. It? Then it was Jasper Linen. Then then Adrian come in. Then Randolph. 
So none of them were horrendous for Joe West Ham, were they? Who? Joe, Joe Hart. Mm. I mean, that sounds horrific given the career he's had, but the keepers haven't been that dire since the first. I tell you what, then let's go with that, Rob Green. Oh. Uh, sorry, not Rob Green. Um, Hart. Joe yeah. Hart. Yeah, Hart. Hart. Yeah. 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 Rob Green. Joe Green. Did he used to do um, yeah, Hart Green. attack or something? Rob Hart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we go, we go with Joe Hart. Hart. So where's it take? So 2009. Right. So yeah, right back. I'd say Jakobsen. Yeah, that's, that's the name that came to my head. O'Brien. O'Brien wasn't terrible, was it? Oh, no, I liked O'Brien. Yeah, he won as bad yeah, as Jakobsen. He did do a job for us, O'Brien. Jakobsen did actually have a decent career before West Ham, you know, Danish international. Right, mm. this is quite easy. So I'd say Jakobsen right back, centre back. I'm going to go with. Uh... Oh, bloody hell. This is easy, this one. All right, <laughs> left back, Wayne Bridge or Ilunga. What about. Um... Oh no, Pogatets. Yeah, Wainbridge or Alunga. What, what year is Pogatets? Because I'm terrible with my years. This is 12, Pogatets. Yeah, so Pogatets has, yeah, has got to be he, up there. He played since. He was horrendous. Oh, so I thought Pog Costa was decent. Yes, nah, I didn't like him. I, I didn't think he was decent. that bad. You know, I don't I think he made the worst 11. He's been worse since then. Uh, Roger Johnson. Yeah, the relegator. Yeah, he's yeah. worse than the uh, Costa. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but that was on extreme circumstances though, weren't it? Yeah, but he was definitely... I thought DeCosta was a decent player. Yeah. Do you know what? I didn't think he was that bad. No, he got done outside faces, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind laughing at that, but... No, <laughs> no. no he, he, he was sexual assault or something. Was like, he had to leave the country, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was, actually, Christ wasn't it, Anton What is it, again, with West Ham players? You've got Savio faking his own fraudulent kidnapping. Oh, he's got to be in there. You've got yeah, Thomas yeah, yeah. Redker who's in prison now for doing Christ knows <laughs> what. DeCosta what... mugging people outside faces. <laughs> what... I mean, this is West Ham. It's what playing for West Ham does to you, <laughs> 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 Sends you a life of crime. And right, like, midfield, let's go. Midfield. We, got, we haven't got an F-bat. Uh, do you know the funny story? I don't fucking say oh, it's this. I said Bridge or Alunga. Yeah, uh, yes, it's weird, isn't it? Because Bridge was decent during his career. You know, uh, the funny story about Alunga, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say it or not. But, oh, come on, it was so long ago now. Uh, what, you reckon I can say? Well, it's what, just oh, about, what, the, um, talk about the one scan? Yeah, the scan. Talk about yeah, that one. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. No, 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 no,
um, when you signed for us, yeah. when we stayed up. It worked It was hard, actually good. They? Yeah, so I'll mm. give him a whole pass for that. We beat Done Man his job. City. We beat Man City once, and I think he scored, didn't we? Mm. One nil, possibly. And then he got himself a new contract. It was the only game he'd played, and then Golden Southern gave him a new deal, I think. Um, mm. Joe, I yeah. think this could be quite controversial when I say this. But I don't think Upsom was a wet for us, you know. It, yeah, it wasn't great. Really but then he, was, he wasn't England international for mm. us, though. Scott, he, he's, I think, isn't he the last West Ham player or last West Ham player to score for England in a World Cup? Didn't he score in the the one that was in South Africa? I think he scored against Germany. Yeah, in that he did. Game. I'm sure. Yeah, he did. I think he scored a header against Germany. I think technically he's the yeah the last ever player for West Ham for England to score in a World Cup yeah mm. it must be I can't think of anyone else I mean the two up front who are we going for up front then well, it's got to be Medo was I'd mentioned Savio and Mido personally yeah I can't think of anyone worse than them two in ten years yeah no I can't either really we've had a few rad what about when was Carew he, oh, he, yeah, he'd, be, he'd be since then he was under Allardyce wasn't he mm. yeah he was yeah, poor he, yeah but he scored Picky on the score. Poor as well. Yeah, but, yeah, but they scored goals. Yeah. Like, he didn't. That's no, what I'm saying. No, that is true. Yeah, although he was only paying for about Mido one grand a week or something. Yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he was literally. I mean, yeah. Mido didn't. Savio didn't. None of them scored for us. Savio, do you know Savio faked his own kidnapping? <laughs> yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Again, this is Against his own family, family by the way. Yeah, he claimed that he's faked a Oh, that was so dodgy, that signing. Yeah. Because he... Wh- who was it we got him from? Was it Bari or someone like that? Uh, Savio. Uh, Sandoria, wasn't it? Brescia. Brescia. Oh, Brescia. Brescia. I think it's Brescia. Yeah. That Nani we had. Yeah, he brought him there. He was yeah, there. Yeah, he was there. Then he yeah. went back there, didn't that's he? Right. After West Ham. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. So that was so dodgy. Yeah, that deal. was dodgy. And that was where we spent the Bellamy money on that Yeah, Savio. Scott Duxbury as well. Oh, God, we had some clowns, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we did, didn't we? I think he's... Duxbury what, I think Duxbury might be Watford's managing director I'm now. I'm telling you now, we had some absolute clowns at the club back then. Yeah, yeah. God, times haven't really changed. Yeah, yeah, nice. No, I mean, I am actually genuinely interested. You might already answer this, X. Just how much our current director of football has had to do with West Ham uh, and some of the signings we've made. It, yeah, it's an interesting one because it depends who you speak to. Mm. Because if you speak to someone that's in his camp, as in they support him, they'll tell you that he was the reason that we signed Balboa. I think that's no doubt he was behind that one, but he's the reason we signed every player that we signed. <coughs> if you speak to someone that's in. The Sullivan camp, for example, they'll tell you that he hasn't done that much. It's all been down to Sullivan. So it depends in which camp you position yourself in. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's probably a bit of both is the diplomatic way to mm. say. Well, in terms of uh, a transfer window show, it's a bit of an anti-climax, <laughs> yeah. I think it's fair to say. Let me check my phone one last time. <laughs> one, final one final check. I'll give you check. a drum roll as well. Okay. Let me know when you want the drum roll cued. Uh, okay. For the answer. Um... We did, we did miss, there's a lot of players, so this is the transfer news, but for our worst 11, Caleri, Zaza, um, mm. Alu Diara, that's a fair one, Razvan Rat, Benny McCarthy. Oh, Razvan uh, Rat. We missed Benny McCarthy. Oh, you know, t- he was on English overweight. chicken, Razvan Rat. Yeah, Mida, Yaniv Katan, I think that might have been Yaniv a bit Ka- before, that was yeah, about 2006. They're very good shouts, actually. Yeah, yeah mm. exactly, there's quite a lot in there. Um, all right, let's have a look in my, good question, in my DMs. Uh, 
No, something about Frank McAvenny randomly. I hope he's not signing. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do we still have camps? Good question. I don't think we do. I'm just kind of saying camps in terms of people who like who they like. He's asked why is there a Huzilius camp and why is there a David Sullivan camp? I don't think there is. It just depends who they're closer to. I probably should explain that oh, a bit it's better. Pathetic, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, nothing. It's no, you missed your drum roll, mate, yeah, as well. Sorry, oh, sorry. Right, okay. Um, well, despite that, that is the end of the show. And uh, as always, I hope you enjoyed it. Just to remind you that the event with Ginge on the 21st of February is now sold out. But there are about 20 tickets left for the West Ham Way pre-match event. Uh, and it's the first one of the year where the special guest for that one is the big boy himself, Ludo McCloskey. Uh, now, Sky, and we touched on this earlier on, have moved this fixture as well. But luckily... Um, they've moved it to a 5.30 kickoff, I think it is. That's right, X, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a 5.30 kickoff. Yeah, yeah so, so this event won't now start at 11, as usual. It will now start at 1.30 until 4.30. So we hope that still works for you. And um, uh, it's, historically, it's not harmful for us to, to so move I, to that I, time. I, do you know what, man? I actually think it's better. Because, you yeah. know, if you're going to come and tr tr have unlimited drink, in my opinion, I'm not a huge drinker, but I'd rather drink beer from 1.30 to 4.30 than 11. O'clock till mm. uh, two o'clock. Yeah, and the VIP packages have proved very oh, popular really as well. Popular, yeah. You buy one of them, you get pizza included as well, as much as uh, many other benefits. So go and check it out. There are genuinely 20 tickets left for the Ludo one. Like I say, it's a change in the kickoff time, but it doesn't really harm the event because it will start at 1.30 to 4.30, so quite a nice time, I think. And uh, you can secure your place uh, using the ticket link on all the usual social media platforms, and it's not one you're going to want to miss because Ludo isn't someone that typically is easily accessible to, no, to well, West Ham well, fans. Flying in for the the event and the games. He certainly is. So you're he not going to get many other opportunities. We've actually no. got a couple of other events that we haven't finalised just yet, but a couple of other events that will be some on a Thursday, some pre-match that are really exciting. So when we do say tickets will sell out, they will sell out. It's yeah. not. It's not a marketing place. Yeah, and there's some very exciting times ahead for our events as well. So uh, so watch this space. Right, okay, I'm going to play us out with a song dedicated to a man called Sam Murphy who sadly lost his life on Christmas Day two years ago and this request came in from his pal Darren who remembers him fondly and quite simply says he was a beautiful fella. Thanks for listening, be lucky and let's hope we get something against the Bin Dippers on Monday. Until next week, come on your irons. irons.